Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. On Monday, the Supreme Court heard Trump's argument that he can exclude undocumented immigrants and refugees from the counts used to determine how many seats each state gets in the House of Representatives. He hopes to cut the number of representatives from California and other states with more undocumented people, and increase the number of representatives from states that have fewer, which are mostly, of course, Republican. The change would also shift federal funding away from the Democratic states towards those Republican states, and all this for the next 10 years. For comment, we turn to David Cole. He's the nation's legal affairs correspondent and national legal director of the ACLU, and he also teaches at Georgetown University Law Center David, welcome back. Thanks for having me, John. Well, seats in the House of Representatives currently are allocated on the basis of total population rather than the number of legal residents. What's the basis of the current practice and how long has it been in effect? So the basis is the Constitution, and it's been in effect forever. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, if you call the beginning of the, 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 the nation uh, forever. The Constitution, you know, the, the initially uh, what it directed was that the uh, apportionment be to the states by their respective numbers, and they excluded two categories from the numbers of people within a state, uh, infamously slaves, who they treated as three-fifths of a person, uh, and Indians not taxed. But notably, they did not exclude uh, immigrants. And then in, uh, after the Civil War, in the 14th Amendment, uh, they provided that um, the apportionment should be based on all persons in each state. Uh, and they specifically rejected a proposal to have it be all citizens or all voting uh, people who can vote, which at that time was, you know, did not include uh, uh, women, for example. Um, and partly they did that because there were large immigrant populations in the North, and they were worried that the Northern states would not ratify the 14th Amendment 
unless their immigrants were counted. Um, and then in 1929, Congress passed the first Census Act, um, which uh, on the basis of those two constitutional provisions required um, a count of the total population. You know, and again, what does total population mean? When you say the total population of Los Angeles is 4 million people, you don't think, oh, that's 4 million citizens and lawful permanent residents, but not counting, you know, the undocumented who are persons in that, in, in that area. Well, let's talk about the census for another minute. The Constitution requires that congressional districts be apportioned using information, as you say, from the census. California, I read, has the largest number of undocumented immigrants. Trump said in arguing for this uh, case, it was 6% of the total California population, around 2.4 million people. I wonder if that number is correct. How many undocumented people are there in California, according to the census? Uh, the census itself does not ask people whether they are a citizen or not. In fact, we litigated that issue uh, you know, two years ago when Trump sought to put a citizenship question on the census, <clears throat> which um, we argued would reduce, and was in fact the purpose, would reduce participation by uh, immigrants. Um, we ultimately succeeded in the Supreme Court, and so he wasn't able to ask about citizenship on the census. So we don't have, you know, exact numbers, but I think those numbers are probably close, 2.5 million in, in California. And, the, you know, the, the purpose of the census and the purpose of apportionment is to give the states representation in the federal government um, that is proportional to the people that they have to govern. And California has to govern its entire population. It cannot choose to govern only, you know, the citizens and those with lawful permanent resident status or some other lawful status. It has to govern all of the people, and therefore it deserves representation in Congress that respects that obligation. So the census did not count the number of undocumented people, but Trump has ordered the Census Bureau to provide account of undocumented residents. And I understand they've been working on this. How's it going? Well, they've been a little bit hiding the ball on how it's going. Uh, they're supposed to be turning over this information, uh, some part of it on December 31st and the rest of it by January 11th. So, and they've been working on it for some time now. Um, this policy was announced in July, so that's not a lot of time, but a year before that, uh, Trump ordered them to start gathering uh, evident, uh, administrate what they call administrative records that would establish the um, immigration status of, of uh, people in the United States. So, you know, they have records on millions of uh, immigrants, uh, and they then have to sort of match those to the census responses, you know, and when they go to a house and they ask the house to respond to the census or when you respond online and you give your name and your, your address, they then have to uh, match those and then seek to, uh, the idea is that they would then provide to Trump two numbers. One is the number of total people who live in each state, and the other is the number of total people minus those who they can identify as undocumented immigrants. And then Trump plans to take that second number and to base apportionment on that second number. Whether they will succeed in doing that is uh, a little bit of a mystery at this point. Um, 
which was part of what what the discussion was at the at the oral argument on Monday in the Supreme Court. So let's talk a little more about the that the, the argument on Monday. The acting solicitor general, somebody named Jeffrey B. Wall, argued that where the Constitution says apportionment for the House shall be based on the number of persons in each state, that, he said, can be understood to to require, quote, a sovereign's permission to remain within the jurisdiction, close quote. Is that a good argument? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think so. And, I, and, and from the questions of the justices, it did not appear that he had five justices that would agree with that view. That, they, pr- they predicate that view on the fact that there was a guy named Vattel, Edward D. Vattel, uh, 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 who wrote a book in French about the law of nations in which he defined the term inhabitant to be citizens uh, and people who, uh, foreign nationals who have permission to um, be in a, in a state. But he wasn't defining it for purposes of the census. He was defining it for purposes of international law. And there's no indication that that book, you know, was sort of uh, in common uh, distribution in, in, the, in the country at the time. And, and all the evidence of the dictionaries and the like at the time were that what they meant by persons in each state was all persons, all residents, all people who are who usually live and sleep in the state. And that is, in fact, the standard that has been used for 200 plus years without variance. Uh, Trump is seeking to change that um, and uh, and predicating it. The only real, you know, evidence, quote unquote evidence they can point to is this obscure international law treatise, uh, which, you know, I'm sure very, very few people even heard of, much less read, uh, and and, dis- and and defining the term for purposes of, uh, of, of international law, not not constitutional law. Of course, we're all paying a lot of attention to the newest justice, Amy Coney Barrett. Trump said he wanted to get her onto the court while he was still president in the hopes that she would tilt decisions in his direction. Were there any signs from the argument on Monday about how she might vote on this one? She, t- I, you know, I, I've listened to her now in a number of uh, arguments in the court, and she's actually pretty hard to read. She is a justice, at least thus far, who has asked very hard and good questions of both sides, which makes it harder to read, you know, her. I mean, someone like Justice Alito, he leaves you no doubt where he is, and he is entirely an advocate up there. Justice Kavanaugh is also, you know, pretty pretty transparent about where he where he is. But Justice uh, Justice Barrett is more in the in the at least in her questioning, she's more like Justice Roberts. She asks hard questions of both sides, which I, you know, I think is actually a better way to be as a justice. But so we don't really have an indication of where she'll vote. I read that she said to the uh, acting solicitor general, quote, a lot of the historical evidence and longstanding practice really cuts against your position, close quote. But then he replied, yes, but, you know, the fact that an idea is new doesn't necessarily mean it's unconstitutional. Well, you know, that's true. But when it's been discussed and, uh, you know, it's not like it's it's actually a new idea. In, in 1929, when Congress passed the, the first Census Act, a statute that sort of tries to you know, lay out the details, it was it was proposed that we exclude illegal immigrants. And it was and people like, uh, you know, various people were, were very supportive of it, but they um, but they uh, concluded that they couldn't do that 
Congress concluded they couldn't do that because the Constitution requires counting all persons. So, yeah, it's not it's not a new idea. It's an old idea. It's just that it's been rejected at every point, including by the Justice Department itself under prior administrations. When the when the idea has arisen, they have said no. You shouldn't, uh, you know, exclude undocumented immigrants. And if you did, it would be unconstitutional. So the only thing that's new is that Trump is reversing, seeking to reverse 200 years of consistent precedent from the framers to Congress uh, to the executive branch itself. Well, from the arguments on Monday, or at least the way they were uh, reported, it seemed like the court's conservative majority might want to postpone a decision on the grounds that they haven't finished, the Census Bureau doesn't have a count yet, we don't know how many people they're talking about, and if they postpone it, then the case would probably become moot since Biden is going to become president on January 20th, and he's certainly not going to pursue this. Would it be a good uh, outcome to postpone this, or is this a question that needs an answer? Well, I, I think it may need an answer. So there, under the statute, um, the apportionment report has to be sent by the president to Congress uh, by January 11th. So it will be done by Trump. It, you know, and then there's a, there's an open question of to what extent can a subsequent president, after the fact, undo it? If it was unconstitutional, he certainly could undo it. But that would just then require the court to address it at a later point. I think what, what was clear was that the court recognizes that there are there is some uncertainty right now in terms of how much the Census Bureau actually can deliver on Trump's effort. Uh, and if they're unable to deliver, maybe um, the court need not resolve it. Uh, but you know that Trump is going to seek to deliver on this. He's put a whole bunch of political appointees in the Census Bureau to for this purpose. So they're going to be you know riding them hard to do it. You know, I, I, you know, if, if I were betting, I would say the court may well put off a decision for a, a short time, but I think it's going to have to resolve this one way or the other. I don't think the question is going to go away, even with with Biden coming in. There's if so, if Biden comes in, he tries to undo it, then there will be a constitutional challenge to the undoing of it by Biden, and at the end of the day, it'll turn on with, well, was Trump right that you could exclude undocumented immigrants or not? So the underlying question here is, who is represented in Congress? Is it the people who are citizens and lawful residents, or is it everybody? What does the ACLU say about this? Well, we, we, we brought the challenge. So we say everybody counts. Um, and, you know, and I think, you know, in two respects, everybody counts. One is, you know, we're all here. We're all subject to the laws. We're equally subject to the laws, whether we're an immigrant, whether we're documented or undocumented, we still can be arrested for speeding, we still have to pay our taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and indeed, uh, you know, the undocumented uh, you know, prov provide a trillion dollars of our GDP every year, and they're 80% of our essential workers. So they are here and they deserve to be counted. But in addition, in addition, um, this is really about the state's right to be represented as much as it is about individuals' rights to be represented. And as I was saying before, if you are a state like California or Texas with a substantial immigrant population, there's nothing you can do about it because it's a federal power to, to control immigration. But you have to govern all of the people who are in your state. And surely you should have representation in Congress that reflects 
your obligations to govern all the people in your state. David Cole is National Legal Director of the ACLU and the nation's legal affairs correspondent. Thank you, David. Thanks. Always a pleasure, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.